All right, well, how are we doing tonight? Hey, uh, I just want to start off with a question for you for a minute. Uh, how many in the room have ever been guilty by association? Right? You know those times in life when you're with the wrong people at the wrong time and somebody does something stupid? Right? You've been there? I've been there more times than I would care to count. Uh, I'm going to tell you about one of them. Uh, this goes back to when I was six years old. And I grew up in a house where I had four stepbrothers, and I was the youngest of five boys. And I remember one time that one of my stepbrothers, and I really don't know which one it is, but one of my stepbrothers stole some money out of my stepdad's wallet. Now, that was a really dumb thing to do because my stepdad was not a real nice guy. Uh, I don't know if uh, you've ever lived in a situation like that, but he was a, a very angry man, and when he lost his temper, you just did not want to be around him. And so somebody stole money out of my stepdad's wallet, and he lined us five boys up all in a row and came to us with this question and told us with a belt in his hand, lined us all five up, and he says, if one of you doesn't tell me who did this, you're all getting whipped. Tragically, nobody fesses up. And he starts whipping us one by one. And he goes through one round of all five of us, says it again, somebody better tell me who did this or we're getting another round. And I'm not going to stop until one of you tells me. And each round's going to get worse than the last. And he was right. Round two was worse. And we get through round two. And I'm the youngest. He goes from oldest to youngest. So I'm the last of round one. I'm the last of round two. And he's about ready to get started on round three. And I don't remember all the details of this, but I do remember how scared I was. I mean, I was six years old at the time. And I remember how, how afraid I was of this big abusive man standing there with his belt and he's whipping all of us. And I remember thinking to myself, I'd be better off if I just said I did it, even though I didn't. Right? If I don't, if somebody doesn't put an end to this, this is just going to go on forever. Like you're six years old. You don't know, right? You think this is literally going to go on forever. He's never going to stop. And so I decide I'm going to fess up to it even though I didn't do it. Now, I don't know if you know me that well, but I'm a terrible liar. Uh, not that I would try to lie today, but I'm telling you I'm a bad liar. I just don't have the face for it. You can see it all over my face. My feelings are just out there, you know? And so I'm a terrible liar, and so I try to tell my stepdad, I did it, I did it, I did it, little six-year-old me. My stepdad sees right through it. He knows I didn't do it. But thankfully, he goes through round three, and round three was the end of it, and all of us got grounded, and we never did find out who did it. But here's the thing about my stepdad in that moment. In my stepdad's eyes, myself and my four brothers, we rose and fell together. We were in this together. He saw us as one united group before him in our guilt. We were guilty by association. Now, that's a negative picture of what we're going to see on a positive side as we look into Colossians chapter 3 today. What we're going to see in Colossians chapter 3 is not that we are guilty by association, but in Christ, we are perfect and innocent by association. I want you to see this from Colossians chapter 3. If you've got a Bible or a smartphone, look with me at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Here's what it says says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died. 
and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now this passage says three amazing things about you and I when we are united to Christ by faith. Here's what it says about us. Number one, it says that Christ is your life and you died with him and were raised with him. Number two, it says your life is hidden with Christ in God. And number three, it says that you will appear with Christ in glory. Now these are incredible statements right here. And these three statements show, if you, if you really unpack this, these three statements show that when you are united to Christ by faith, the impact of that on your past, your present, and your future, if you are united to Christ by faith, God views your past as if you lived with Christ, died with Christ, and were raised with Christ. If you are united to Christ by faith in the present your life is hidden with Christ in God. And if you are united to Christ in faith, your future, you will appear with Christ in glory. Now, I don't know about you, but I hear these three statements, and to me, I find this spectacularly amazing. And I can't hardly think of any statements that would be more breathtaking and amazing than these. And we are going to unpack these today. First of all, think about your past for for a moment. And you know what the past is, right? The past is every moment of your life prior to the moment that you're in. Which means, what was the present when I started that sentence is now the past. You get that, right? The past is every moment of your life prior to the moment that you're in. Now now think for a minute about all the mistakes that you've made. Think about your past. The sins that you've committed Right? If you're anything like me, you've been greedy, you've been selfish, you've lied, you've stolen, you've lusted, you've committed sexual immorality, and you have hurt people with your words and actions. Anybody else? Right? This is our past. Listen, some of us have done those kinds of things this week. Some of us in the room have done those kinds of things today. But Colossians 3 says that if you are united to Christ, then this is not the way God sees you anymore. From God's perspective, if you are united to Christ, then Christ is your life. Which means that when God looks at your past, he no longer counts your sins against you. But instead, when God looks at your past, what he sees, what he counts for you is the perfect and sinless life of Christ. A life of perfect obedience. That is cause for great celebration because, listen, Romans 5.1, I'm going to introduce you today to a big fancy Bible word. Now, some of you have probably heard this word before, but some of you, this might be a new word for you, but this is one of the greatest words in the English language. Romans 5.1 says that you and I are justified when we put our faith in Jesus, Justification, a big, fancy, incredible, breathtaking, amazing Bible word. What does justification mean? Well, here's a little definition of it. Justification means just as if you had never sinned and just as if you had always obeyed. God literally, and I use that word on purpose. Sometimes people use the word literally and they don't really mean literally. 
God literally counts you as perfect, even though you're not. When you are united to Christ by faith, you and I, when we put our faith in Jesus, if you're in the room and you're a Christian today, I know not everybody in the room is a Christian, but if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you've united yourself to Christ by faith, you are perfect by association. Just as I was guilty by association, you are perfect by association. So, so how does this work? How can God count us as perfect when we're not? How can he count us as sinless when we're actually sinners who deserve to be punished? How does this work? Well, the, the answer to this lies in something very mysterious about humanity's relationship with God. Something that's almost a little bit weird, actually, when you start to think about it. It's going to strike you as a bit odd to a modern mind. When, when God created humanity, he created us as one united group before him. Just as my stepdad counted myself and my four brothers as one group before him and we rose and fell together, when God created humanity, he created us this way. We stand and fall together. We are united in God's eyes, which means that when one man sinned, we all sinned. Here's the way the Bible puts it in Romans 5.12. It says that sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. We are all, you and I, are guilty by association with Adam and Eve. When Adam sinned, it's counted as if you sinned. Now that might sound unfair. It might sound like bad news to you, but before you jump to that conclusion, be careful, because this is actually the greatest news you could ever hear. Because what it means, because God views humanity as one united group before him, that we rise and fall together, it does mean that one man's sin caused us all to be counted guilty. But it also means that through one man's obedience, we can all be counted as perfect. Listen, when Jesus came into the world and took on our humanity, when Jesus came into the world, became a man, lived the sinless life, took on the responsibility of suffering, our punishment for sin for us, Jesus became our representative before God, and here's what it says in Romans 5.19. It says, just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. This means that when Jesus became one of us, again, he literally lived for us and died for us. When we are united to Christ by faith, his sinless life is counted as our sinless life. His death for sin is counted as our death for sin. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. His punishment becomes our punishment. And to prove that the death of Jesus and his perfect sinless life, to prove that it was good enough, that the one man's obedience, the one man's death, was good enough to save everyone who would unite themselves to him, you know what God did? He rose him from the dead. Listen, when God rose Jesus from the dead, it was the proof that this one man's life, this one man's death was good enough to save everyone, was good enough to pay the penalty for sin in full so that we could be counted 
as perfect and righteous before God. As crazy as it sounds, this is the way God views the past of everyone who is united to Christ. Christ is your life. You have died with him and you have been raised with him. God will never, if you are in Christ, if you are united to him by faith, God will never count your sins against you ever again. Is that spectacularly good news or what? Listen, this includes all of the sins of your past. And the past will always be every moment prior to the moment you're in. Right now in this moment, five minutes from now, it will be the past. Tomorrow, the rest of today will be the past. And the next day, all of tomorrow will be the past. So you know what you should never do? You should never let your past drag you down or hold you back from the future God has planned for you. Any moment that you are in, Every prior moment is the past. And when you are in Christ by faith, your past is the perfect and sinless life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus' life is your life. Jesus' death in you is your death. And Jesus' resurrection is your resurrection. This is the past of every person who is united to Christ with faith. The old you has died, the new you has been raised with him. Christ is your life. Here's what the scripture says about you if you're in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. This is your story. This is your past. And listen, your present is every bit as breathtaking. Here's what the scripture says about your present if you are united to Christ by faith. Colossians chapter three, verse three says this. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. We are gonna unpack that statement. This is an incredible present for those of us that are in Christ. In Colossians three, one and two, it, it tells us to do two things. There are two commands in Colossians chapter three, verses one and two. In verse one, he tells us to seek the things that are above. And in verse two, he tells us to set our minds on things that are above and not on things of the earth. And then he gives a reason why we should do this. So the two things he tells you to do in this passage, seek the things that are above, set your mind on things that are above, not things of the earth. Why should you do that? The reason he gives for both of them is that your life is hidden with Christ in God. To put it the opposite way, because your life is hidden with Christ in God, you should seek the things that are above and set your mind on them. So what does it mean that your life is hidden with Christ in God? If this is the reason why you should live your life seeking things above and setting your mind on them, what does it mean that your life is hidden with Christ in God? Well, maybe a couple of word pictures will help us here for a minute. Uh, think about your favorite place in the whole world. Right? That place where you go when you just need to get away from it all, to escape, to, to find peace, joy, contentment, right? Your hiding place. Where's your hiding place? Where, where do you run after a long, hard day? 
I like to tell you, for me, one of my hiding places is in the mountains on a hiking trail. I love being in the mountains hiking. There's just something about the majesty of the mountains and the cool, crisp air and the, the trail and all of it. It's just amazing to me, and I love it. It's one of my places that I go. I don't get to do it that often, uh, but when I do, I'm in my happy place. Another thing I do is I read a good book. If you put a good book in my hand, I could sit there for hours in my hiding place, content, carefree, full of joy and love and peace and all that goes with it, right? Another place is when I sit with my wife and listen to music. Tara and I love to sit and listen to music together. We've been doing this for years. Since the very first days that we were even becoming friends, we used to just sit for hours and listen to good music together. It's a hiding place for me. Pastor Chris, he loves to play hockey, he loves to play disc golf, and all of us have something, right, where we run to, to find life. Some people hide in things that aren't so innocent, though, don't they? Right? Some people hide in a pill. Some people hide in a bottle. Some people hide in front of a computer screen, looking at porn. Some people hide in the arms of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Right? We all have places that we run to and look to to find life. What Colossians chapter 3 says is that if you are united to Christ, your life is hidden with Christ in God. One of the things that this means is that there is no, if you are united to Christ by faith, there is no better hiding place in the entire world than the presence of Jesus. That in the presence of Jesus, you will find everything you are searching for. The scripture says your present is that your life, if you are united to Christ by faith, what is promised to you right here, right now, in the present, is that your life, is hidden with Christ in God. Which means in the presence of Jesus, you will find the deepest and the fullest form of everything you desire. Listen, it means that if you are seeking love, you will find the highest and best love in the presence of Jesus. If you are seeking joy, you will find the highest and best joy in the presence of Jesus. If you are seeking peace, you will find peace that passes understanding in the presence of Jesus. If you are seeking pleasure, you will find, you will find everlasting and ever-increasing pleasure in the presence of Jesus. Listen, Jesus is your life. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, seek because you are hidden your life is hidden with Christ in God. So seek the things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above, not things of the earth. Because when you do, you will find what is better and more lasting than any other hiding place. Your present, if you are united to Christ by faith, is spectacular. Everything you seek is found in the presence of Jesus. So seek whatever brings it to you. Whatever will give you more of the presence of Jesus, seek it with all your heart because your life is hidden with Christ in God. But I think there's another thing in mind when it, when it comes to this idea of a hiding place. 
It's found in Psalm 32, 7. Listen to this. It says, the psalmist praying to God says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Listen, when you're united to Christ, you are safe and secure from everything that can ultimately harm you. Notice I say ultimately harm you. There are a lot of things in this world that can harm you. But there is nothing in this world that can ultimately harm you if you are in Christ. You are safe and secure. He is your hiding place. Imagine it like this. Think of my hiking trail, right, where I go to find life, my hiding place up on the mountains. And by the way, it's not the mountains or the hiking that do it for me. I'll tell you that. What I find in the mountains is I find the presence of Jesus. That's why I love hiking so much because when I'm up on that trail with God, I find more of the presence of Jesus in my life. Now, think for a minute. If I'm up on this hiking trail and I'm out there just hiking, enjoying life, and everything's great and amazing out there, right? But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there is this snowstorm that pops up and just starts raging all around me out of nowhere. This, this huge, humongous snowstorm. It's a blizzard, and the wind is howling, and the, the snow is th- so thick that you can barely see two feet in front of your face. And you know you're on a mountain trail, and you're, you're right up against a cliff, and so if you take one wrong move, you're going to go over the cliff, and down you go, right? And so it's terrifying out there, but all of a sudden, in the middle of all this chaos, you back up into a cave, you somehow stumble into a cave where, where you, you move into this hiding place where all of a sudden you are safe and secure from everything that could harm you. That cave in that moment becomes your favorite place in the entire world. Does it not? Because you have found a place of safety in the middle of all the chaos. Listen, if you live in this world, the world I live in, which I know you do, you need a hiding place from this world. It is chaos out there. Listen, when you get the diagnosis that it's cancer, you need a hiding place. When your spouse shows up and says, I've been unfaithful to you, or you catch them cheating on you, you need a hiding place. Right? When somebody hurts you or wronged you or abuses you in some way, in that moment, you need a hiding place. And Jesus says to you, I am your hiding place. Your life is hidden with Christ in God, where in the presence of Jesus, you are safe and secure from everything that could ultimately harm you. Look at this and stand in awe. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 8 of the Bible. I just want you to bask in this for a moment. Just stand in awe of this, of what is true of you in the present if you are united to Christ by faith. Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? The answer, of course, is a lot of people could be against you, right? And a lot of people are against you. But I tell you one thing, in Christ, nobody can successfully be against you. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies, remember what that word means? Just as if you'd never sinned, just as if you'd always obeyed. Listen, anybody tries to throw your past up in your face, who who do they think they are? 
Who is he that brings any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Right now, God is in the presence of Jesus saying, they're mine. They're united to me. Don't look at their past. Look at me. And God justifies you because of your union with Christ. Right now, Jesus is working for us, keeping us in his love. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Or hardship? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or danger? Or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. (laughs) We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life. Listen, if you are in Christ, you can stare death in the face and know that you have a hiding place. That where you are safe and secure from everything that could ultimately harm you. In Christ, death can't even harm you. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What do you say to that other than, wow, right? Isn't that the only proper response to this? Our life is hidden with Christ in God. Everything we could ever want is found in the presence of Jesus, and nothing can ever separate us from his love. And if you think your past and your present are amazing, you ain't seen nothing yet. Listen, your future If you are united to Christ by faith, if his life, death, and resurrection are your life, death, and resurrection, if that's your past, if your present is that your life is hidden with Christ in God, your future is that when Christ appears, you will appear with him in glory. There is coming a day when Jesus will return in all of his glory and you will share his glory. I, I, just, I just want to read to you some of what the scriptures say about our future in Christ. Listen to this. Dear friends, now, now, in the present, we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. Listen, you will one day become what you are. You are united to Christ by faith. His past is your past. His present is your present. And his future will be your future. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. It has never even been conceived by man what God has prepared for those who love them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. In his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. We will be transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink 
from your river of delights. Now, I don't know what it's like to drink from a river of delights, but it sounds pretty amazing. Don't you agree? I, I would like to drink from a river of delights. This is your future. If you are united to Christ by faith, God says this about you. He says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. I will rejoice in doing them good with all my heart and with all my soul. God, maker of heaven and earth, says with all of his heart and with all of his soul, he will never stop doing good to you. If you are united to Christ by faith, this is your future and it will be beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> no more tears, no more pain, fullness of joy, everlasting pleasure, and it will be ever increasing. Just when you think it can't get any better, it will get better still, and it will never stop getting better forever. This is our future, so Metro. If you are united to Christ by faith, your past is the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Your present is that your life is hidden with Christ in God. Everything you desire is found in the presence of Jesus and he is your hiding place where you are safe and secure from everything that can ultimately harm you Nothing can separate you from his love and your future is that when he appears in glory, you will appear with him and share his glory. But all of this assumes something, doesn't it? It assumes that you are united to Christ by faith. It assumes that you have associated yourself with Jesus by faith. You know, your association with Adam, you're born into. Your association with Jesus, you are not born into. You didn't have to do anything to be guilty by association other than be born. And then, of course, if you were Adam, you would have done the same thing he did because you've proved it over and over and over and over again, haven't you? We all have. You didn't have to do anything to be associated with Adam other than be born. But to be associated with Jesus, you have to unite yourself to him by faith. Now, on the one hand, that's simple, isn't it? All you got to do to receive the past, present, and future of Jesus and make it your past, present, and future, the only thing you have to do is believe that your life is hidden with Christ in God. All you have to do is believe that Jesus is better than any other alternative. That's all you gotta do is believe that. It's as simple as that and as difficult as that. Because that is not easy to do, is it, in this world? It's as simple as believing that the presence of Jesus is better than being healthy better than being powerful, better than being rich, better than being selfish or proud or angry or bitter, better than sex, better than pornography. It's as simple as that, but definitely not easy. It can be extremely difficult. For example, when somebody wrongs you or insults you, 
or hurt you in some way. How easy is it in that moment to believe that your life is hidden with Christ in God? So that whatever will bring more of the presence of Jesus into your life is the only thing that makes any sense to do in that moment, right? You've been wronged, you've been hurt, you've been betrayed in some way. What should you do? Should you believe that you will find life in the presence of Jesus so that you take on his character and you do what he does in those moments? You know how Jesus has treated you when you wronged him, when you betrayed him, when you hurt him. He was so mad at you, he came and saved you. That's what Jesus does with his anger. He mixes it with love, and he comes and rescues and saves and helps and redeems the very one he was angry with. He does good to those who hurt him. Now, if you believe that your life is hidden with Christ and God, that's what you would do. That's not easy. In fact, my wife Tara and I, uh, my beautiful wife Tara, she's amazing, is she not? She's, she's up here singing today. Uh, Tara and I, our, our ninth wedding anniversary is Wednesday. So it's, it's, it's awesome. And, and uh, we are happily married and deeply in love. But three weeks ago, we had three of the worst days of our marriage, three weeks ago. Tara said something that hurt my feelings. Now, she didn't really realize how much what she said hurt me, but it hurt, it stung, and my response was to lash out at her with some of the most hurtful things I have ever said to her. And it started a bit of a spiral that lasted for three days in our marriage where we were mad at each other and gave each other the silent treatment for three days. We went to bed angry at each other three nights in a row. Now, if you come to me for counseling, I will tell you the opposite of that, okay? Don't do that. That is the wrong thing to do. And, and here's what happened to me in that moment. I had a moment in my life where I stopped believing that my life was hidden with Christ in God. And instead, I believed I was going to find life in my anger, in my bitterness, and in the revenge I could get for how bad she hurt me with what she said. And I started running to a whole new hiding place, looking for life somewhere other than Jesus. Now listen, if I had stayed there, if I had stayed there in that bitterness and that anger, you know what would have happened? I would have choked and killed my faith. I would have choked and killed my relationship with God. And I would have choked and killed my marriage. I was showing in those moments evidence that I was not united to Christ by faith. Now, I'm not having a debate today about whether a person can lose their salvation or whether they were ever saved in the first place. All I can tell you is, if I had stayed there for the rest of my life, I would have been showing the whole world that I believe in a different hiding place, a different source of life, right? And thank God by his grace, it only took me three days to realize how stupid that is. 
And I came back to my senses by God's grace and realized that my hiding place was in Jesus. So I went back to Tara and apologized to her every day for a week until everything was gone and we were good. And now today we're happy and everything's beautiful, okay? <laughs> and that's what, that, that's what, when you run to your hiding place, everything's better there. When Jesus is your hiding place. Listen, those were three miserable days. There was no life in my anger and bitterness, I can tell you that. Don't stay there. Run back to Jesus. Some of you are in this room right now and you're running to some other hiding place than Jesus. Maybe you're there right now. Don't stay there. Come back to what is true, what is great, what is better. What is better is that your life is hidden with Christ in God. Run to Jesus. Embrace everything that gives you more of him and do away with everything that doesn't. And listen, if you have three bad days, they're in the past. (laughs) The minute they're gone. Right here, right now, run to Jesus. That is what we need. That's where we need to live. Somebody who's united to Christ by faith is not yet perfect. You're going to have your weak moments. The proof is where do you run? If you're united to Christ by faith, you will not stay over here in this other hiding place that just simply is not as good. You will run back to Jesus. It's what people who are united to Christ by faith do when they sin. You know, you don't run to Jesus to be accepted. You don't run to Jesus to, to receive or earn from him anything. You're into Jesus because of simple faith. You just believe he's better. And this is what believers in Jesus do, (laughs) right? They run to Jesus. And so listen, to confirm my union with Christ, I had to come back to the only response to him that makes any sense at all in light of the past, present, and future that he offers. And this is what Colossians 3 is all about. I want to go back to Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4 again. I want to read it to you again. And this time I want to add verse 5. I want you to see the flow of this. Watch this. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now verse five. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Listen, the only response that makes any sense in light of the past, present, and future that's offered to you is to seek the things that are above where Christ is, to set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth, and to put to death whatever is earthly in you. In other words, the only kind of life that makes any sense is the kind of life that seeks with all of your energy whatever will bring more of Jesus into your life and that turns away from and cuts off and kills and puts away anything that takes you away from the presence of Jesus in your life. And listen, this can be a vicious struggle. That the struggle to believe, that's that's the only struggle we have. Listen, your sin is not what causes Jesus to turn away from you. He died for your sin. You can have at any moment you want it. His past to become your past. The struggle is to believe. 
just to trust him, to really believe that he's better, that your life is hidden with Christ in God. So what are the things and who are the people that bring more of the presence of Jesus into your life? Seek those things with all your heart. What are the things and who are the people that bring more of the presence of Jesus into your life? Seek those things. What are the things and who are the people that take you away from the presence of Jesus in your life? Cut off those things, gouge them out, throw them away and put them to death. Listen, when, when you sin, when, when you run to some other hiding place, when you turn to the things that give you less of Jesus in your life, you are deliberately fighting against your own happiness. You know what you call that? Stupid. Are we together? Stupid. Listen, sex outside of marriage is stupid. Por pornography? Stupid. Bitterness and anger that you live in with your resentment? Stupid. Abusing alcohol and drugs? Stupid. Stupid. Because your life is hidden with Christ in God. Why pursue what does not bring life? We need to seek the things that are above where Christ is. We need to surround ourselves with people and activities that bring us more of the presence of Jesus. We need to read the Bible. We need to pray. We need to go to church. We need to serve others. We need to share our faith. We need to go on mission trips. We need to set our minds on things that are above, not things of the earth. Whatever brings more of Jesus, become a glutton with it. <laughs> Glut yourself on whatever will bring more of Jesus into your life but throw away everything that doesn't. Now, some of this is not as obvious, right? That the sin list is obvious. Sin is stupid. You don't stop sinning in order to earn God's grace. You stop sinning because it's stupid, right? <laughs> but some of this is not as obvious. Hebrews 12:1 says not only to throw off the sin, it says to throw off everything that hinders. You know, there are some things that hinder you, that in and of themselves, they're not on the list, right? Things that distract you from Jesus. We need to figure out what those things are. Now, I just want to zero in on one of them real quickly, because a lot of us, we have people in our lives that we spend a lot of time with that aren't Christians. Some of us in this room, you're in a relationship with somebody who's not a Christian. You have friends in your life that you spend a lot of time with who aren't Christians. Now, that can be great. Jesus, believe me, spent a lot of time with non-Christians, but he only had one goal in those relationships. He wanted to love those people. You know how you love someone? You bring them to Jesus. That's how you love someone. Listen, you're not doing anybody any favors if you're a believer hanging around with unbelievers and you have any other goal than to love them to Jesus. So if you're in relationships with people that instead of you leading them to love Jesus, they're leading you to love what's not Jesus, if they have the upper hand, they're dragging you away from Jesus, some of you need to cut some things off. Some of you are in a relationship with someone you just need to end. 
because it's hindering you. Some friendships that you just need to walk away from. You need to love people, which means you lead them to Jesus. This is the way we need to live in our relationships, seeking the things that are above where Christ is, setting our minds on things that are above, not things on the earth, putting to death what is earthly in us because nothing else makes any sense if you're united to Christ by faith. If you're united to Christ by faith, your past is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Your present is that your life is hidden with Christ in God and your future is that you are gonna appear with him in glory. And there are only two kinds of people in the world and only two kinds of people in this room. There are people who are united to Christ by faith and there are people who are not. Which are you? It's simple. You look at Jesus and you say, you're better, I want you. It's really that simple and that hard, and that hard. Can you sit here in this moment and honestly say to yourself that there is a better past than the life, res- life death, and resurrection of Jesus? Is there a better past? Is there a better present than your life being hidden with Christ in God where everything you desire is found and, and you are protected and safe and secure from everything that can ultimately harm you, even death itself? Is there a better present? Is, is there a better future than fullness of joy and, and freedom from all tears and pain? with Jesus forever becoming more and more like him with ever-increasing glory that never ends and, and gets better every day? Is there a better future? If there is, choose it. But there isn't. But there isn't. If you're in this room today and you are struggling with anything, Run to Jesus. Let his past become your past. Let his present become your present. Let his future become your future. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Christ, who is your life, is where your life is hidden, and you will appear with him in glory. Run to him. Hide in him. Love him. Treasure him. Follow him. Seek him. Obey him. Anything he tells you to do, just do it. Because it's stupid not to, right? Let's pray together. Uh, Father, I pray, Lord, right now for everyone in this room, for myself included, you would open our eyes to see the glory of Jesus. There is nothing and no one better. He is the name above every names. He is the great treasure that is hidden in a field worth selling everything to have. He is the one who is our life, which is why even to die is gain. 
Lord, lead us to Jesus today by your grace alone and help us to have simple faith. Pray for the person in the room. Today is the beginning of that journey for them. Would you help them right now, Lord, to put their faith in Jesus, to turn away from everything that keeps them from him and turn to Jesus right now, run to him and find complete freedom from their past, freedom from their guilt, freedom from their shame, deliverance from the things that bind them and chain them and hold them down, Lord. Right now in this room, would you bring freedom? Would you be the chain breaker and the pain taker right now in this room, Lord, for every person seated here? And if there is one, God, God forbid, if there is one who walks out of this room not united to Christ by faith, Lord, would you send someone, would you do something in their lives to wake them up so they would stop settling for what is so much less and what will cost them so much for eternity. Lord, show them that the gift available to them in Jesus is priceless and beyond compare. Help us to live in the power of that faith, showing it through our words in our actions, in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.